The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Tonight, gear up for an eye-opening adventure into the intriguing realms of intuition, signs, and synchronicities as we welcome an expert in these fields, Lillianne Fortna. Her powerful book, Winks from Above, opening up to signs and synchronicities to receive little miracles each day, has struck a chord with readers around the globe. Lillianne will lead us on a deep exploration of communicating with guides and angels, offering practical wisdom on how to embrace the signs and synchronicities that shape our lives. Her compelling stories unveil the hidden potential and support available to each one of us, ready to be acknowledged and celebrated. In our fast-paced world, it's easy to overlook the subtle messages from the universe. But Lillianne reminds us that we are always receiving guidance, whether we're aware of it or not. Tonight, she invites us to live each day with conscious knowing, unlocking the door to endless possibilities that await. As we dive into winks from above, Lillianne's insights will empower us to better comprehend and decipher the clues and messages that envelop us. We'll gain practical tips to deepen our connection with our highest sources of guidance, building trust in our intuition and communicating with the unseen realm. So, let us take this moment to pause, to listen, and to tune in as we explore the fascinating secrets of serendipity and how embracing the subtle miracles in our lives can lead us to a path of heightened awareness, inner peace, and a profound sense of grace. Get ready to be inspired by Lillianne's wisdom as she reminds us that we are never alone. The universe continually whispers its guidance, and through winks from above, we'll unlock the transformative power of embracing signs and synchronicities, crafting a life filled with extraordinary possibilities. Welcome to Veritas. If this is your first time listening, welcome home. To access tonight's full interview and all of our exclusive material, simply join the Veritas Plus family by clicking on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. And while you're there, don't forget to check out the Veritas store for a range of great products, including Focused Life Force Energy. Experience the power of FLFE with a 15-day free trial today. No credit card required. We're excited to announce the launch of our brand new Veritas Plus Insider, your source for exclusive news and insights you won't find anywhere else. If you're looking to get in touch with Mel, have a guest suggestion, or would like to provide feedback, simply click on the contact button on our website. So sit back, relax, and enjoy tonight's show. And now, here's your host, Mel Hastelrick. Her website is wingsfromabove.com. And directly from Charlottesville, Virginia, I would like to welcome Lillianne Fortner. Hello, Lillianne, and welcome to Veritas. May I call you Lillianne? Lillianne is perfect. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for having me, May. My pleasure, my pleasure. I just finished the book this afternoon, and, and as I mentioned to you offline, I feel like I... Uh, I know you inside and out, but let's begin with your story. You were born in Hanoi, Vietnam, during a time of political turmoil, and you were sent to live with your grandmother in Brittany, France, at a very young age. Can you share more about how this early separation from your parents shaped your childhood and, and your connection with the unseen world? Well, um, the way it shaped not only my childhood, but me later as a teenager and a young adult, is the fact that uh, my grandmother accepted to um, 
take care of me because in Vietnam there was a lot of turmoil and but my parents did not think it would last forever so they thought maybe to send me to live with her for a couple of years and then I could go back to Vietnam and as you know it never stops so I never came back to Vietnam until much 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 later to just to visit for one month um so um yes my grandmother accepted to take care of me but she really didn't like me at all I don't think she liked many people anyway she was a person who was very much in pain um, because her life started as a wonderful very privileged life but things happen and when I met her she was she was absolutely miserable with no money um nothing so um she was very, very mean to me. She would hit me for nothing. She would prevent me from eating, drinking. She would. I was not allowed to play with other children um, or talk to other children except in school. But even in school, sometimes she had me stay in the dining hall because she didn't want me to interact with the other kids. So it was. It was a very different life and because I'm not 100% white and I, I tan very easily in summer uh, people in the village especially other kids would taunt me with a bad name etc so it, it was it was not an easy childhood but I had a wonderful location the house was a uh, built just above the sea, just above the beach. And on the other side of the road was the woods. So I was alone, but not really because I had the sea, I had the woods, and all the inhabitants, all the birds, the insects, everything. I talked to trees, I talked to everything. Um, so I was never bored. There was always something fascinating to find, either on the beach or in the woods. And that's really what shaped my early childhood until I was nine and until I went to a boarding school in, near Paris. But then what happened is that I still maintained that connection with, I would say, the other side, the other side of the veil, because uh, that's how I would communicate with spirit of nature, um, spirit guides. I would talk to my angel. Um, so um, what, I, what I want to say is that when I turn into my teenagehood, um, I discovered art, painting, music, literature, and writing. And I fortunately, and it's in my book, had two teachers who came towards me and helped me to, to, to further my studies in those different uh, art forms. And art to me brought solace to my, to my soul, to my heart, to my mind, just like, uh, nature would. It would, it would, uh, I would feel very comfortable around art and it would really, helped me to go through life at that time. Um, I didn't have many friends, but I would go to concert, I would write, I would, uh, I would, I would go to museums, of course, in Paris. The Louvre became my second home. I was there every Sunday because it was a free, it was a free entry on Sundays. 
um, etc. So it was just fantastic for me. But deep inside, um, there was anger. But anger could be soothed when I was I was doing an art form or I was uh, I was going to the museum, going to a concert. It would help me. But I was angry inside, angry at what happened when I was a child, because back then I could compare with the life of other uh, um, children who had a very, very different life from me. So, so yeah, I was angry and that continued for quite a while, but nobody would have known I was hiding it so well. Um, and I kept that for a long time until I had a depression, very serious depression. And you did not have computers at the time. You didn't have a TV that where you could watch and compare yourself to other children at the time. You're right. First time I saw I watched a TV, I must have been 10. And, and then in boarding school, it was once a week for one hour. <laughs> But I had, no, I had books. And in books, then I discovered a lot because with books, you can choose where you want to live for the next few days or what family you want to live with, which continent, etc. So via literature, I would discover a lot of other ways of living. Uh, so that was very important to me. But also talking with other children, uh, that was, uh, you know, I, I discovered a lot of what I did not know. You had a near-death experience uh, at a very young age when your grandmother nearly strangled you. How did this traumatic event impact your life and your ability to connect with the unseen world? Yes, and, and also another time where I drowned. I do remember very clearly drowning. Um, and and uh, I remember going up and down and what I would see. So what I did, I, I did not finish to explain, what I did uh, regarding narrating stories of my very young childhood, I just did not want to invent things that were not real or embellished. So what at night, I would simply ask my guides to, on, to, to take me back to uh, that time so I could see, I could understand, I could ask questions, and I would write down um, the answer. So I was able to get more information and I feel that it was more accurate because I really did not want to embellish or, or make it more dramatic. No, that was not the point, but just to tell a story that I, I'm sure other people can relate with. And wings from above, aside from the obvious, why did you think of putting that title on your book? <laughs> Because I'm a happy person in general. I think despite the fact that uh, I had the childhood I had, I was born happy because I was able to, to look around me and, and, and find what made me happy, nature in general. But uh, I chose that title because Wings makes me smile. You know, it's something... It's something positive. It's something that makes me smile. There is almost something childish. And that's why I chose that word because wings, it's not as, it doesn't sound quite as heavy or serious. There is something, a, a little bit of playfulness with the word. So wings from, from above is about all the little signs, all of the little things I get throughout the day. 
um, that are, to me, they are wings from above. You know, it could be a sound, it could be a color, it could be a number that I see again and again and again. It could be uh, an event happening. It could be opening a book uh, at a page where it has information that I just need because I'm thinking about something and, oh, well, I'm, I'm finding some uh, a chapter that is perfect. So there are lots of things like that happening, and I call them wings because it's playful. And in my book, I talk about the importance of um, remaining in touch with the child within. It is very, very important. Um, and oftentimes we don't. You know, we, we grow up and we, we don't know about the child within. But I think it's important. I think you're going to like the promotional image that we created for this interview. It's a little child, obviously in Europe, on top of a building looking at the stars and a wink up in the heavens. So you're going to like that ah. when you see it. Now, how did oh. you manage to cultivate such a profound sense of love and compassion despite the lack of it in your early life? Well, I think it was there because quite early, actually, in my life, I wanted to help others. And maybe I'm that way because of what I went through. I just did not want others to go through that. You see, so if I can help, I'm very happy. And with my book now, I'm very happy to hopefully help a lot, a lot of people to be able to see signs, uh, understand them, interpret them, and uh, use them in their daily life because they're there for, for, for a reason. It's simply to help them help us all to go through life um, with more ease. You've also experienced some health issues in your life. And is this how you discovered that you had spirit guides helping you? Yes. Well, the very first time I had a serious health problem was when just before I became a healer, I... Um, I was asked to become a healer by the healer I would see um, at least once a year. He would be like my doctor. I would see him to, um, to help me stay healthy. And he asked me uh, very early on, or he suggested that maybe I should also become a healer like he, like he is. And he would test me and um, he said, you see, you can do it. And... I was. I felt very uneasy with that. On one hand, I felt very. It was a compliment, so you know, it was very nice. But uh, I would think of my grandmother. She had capabilities. I know that. I've seen that several times. But she would use the capabilities she had to do bad things. Um, one, I remember that was very shocking for a child. Um, I was not allowed to see my grandfather. I never met him. I actually died when I was 18, but I never met him. And she would always say horrible things about him. And I saw him, uh, she found a picture of him. So she called me and then she said, oh, look. And she had that weird um, laugh. You know, a mean laugh. It was not normal. And then she took a pair of scissors and she would gradually cut parts of his body 
or she took a needle, she pierced his eyes, and things like that. I mean, I was a young child, and it seems, it seems, it was very scary for me. It was not something that I realized it was not something normal. And because she was doing things like that, it scared me later on when uh, there was a talk about me becoming a healer. Thank God I had seen how healers do work because our neighbor was a healer. So I spent a lot of time in his kitchen because that's where he would receive people. At the time, there was nothing special. It was just you receive people, you use olive oil from uh, from your kitchen if you have to do a massage. You know, it was very simple. And nobody brought, I mean, paid with money. People brought the chicken, maybe a bottle of wine, some fruits, veggies, etc. So I saw how healer worked. He was never touching anybody, just hovering his hands over the body that uh, that was affected. Um, so I, I remember him. I liked what he did, but I also remembered my grandmother. So for me, there was, I just did not feel comfortable with starting in that direction because I was afraid I had a mean streak in me inherited from my grandmother. And I could, once you learn, you know, how to manipulate energy, you can you can use it in a very positive way, like it should be, but you could also use it in a negative way. And I was very afraid. So it's, it's only later that I accepted. But in the meantime, I was asked twice and uh, within 10 years. And uh, each time it was, a, no, I am not going to do that. The third time I was asked is when I became very, very, very ill. And my healer reminded me that's most certainly the reason. So the third time I accepted and eventually uh, I took, um, I worked with a shaman, I worked with another healer. I mean, I studied with uh, different people to learn uh, the techniques, the different techniques. So that's that's how I, I I learned to become a healer. This is a healer that lived down the road from you. Can you share yes. some specific practices or, or techniques that you learned from this healer that you've incorporated into your own healing work? Oh, yes, yes. Well, first of all, the attitude. Uh, he was not doing it for money. He was using natural things that he learned. Um, and it was inherited from his mother. Oftentimes, the traditional healers in France or in Europe uh, are people who received uh, their teaching, I mean, their, their uh, tutoring from a parents, maybe a grandmother or a mother or someone like that. The other, the other uh, teacher I had was the same he learned from his mother. So there is not really a technique. You use energy and you learn different techniques around that. Uh, you can use stones. You use, of course, energy with your hands. But uh, um, you can use colors. You can use all kinds of things that you can add. But there is not really a school. Now, when I came to the States... I was asked, which technique do I use? Because people want a name. <laughs> and I said, well, it was, I said, well, I'm an energy healer. Tradi traditions are from France. 
actually the Celtic region of France. So I was a bit tired of it, and I said, okay, I'm going to do Reiki, so... Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.